This is your announcer, Chuck Landington. Welcoming you to the Metal Injection Livecast. Between Tool going number one on the Billboard charts and Ozzy collaborating with Post Malone, it seems metal is going pop. Oh boy. I can't wait for the little Nas X cover of Fucked with a Knife. And now, it's time for the Metal Injection Livecast. I'm a big fan of little Nas X. <laughs> That. Can't wait for that uh, that collabo. Uh, no, he does Old Town Road. Yeah. Oh, you mean Little Nas? X. Oh. Little Nas X, as Chuck just said. Didn't you hear? Got it. He did. He did a version about Rob's genitalia. It's called Old Brown Chode. Oh, okay. Is it brown? I Why would like it be brown? Because I feel like Rob's. I agree with Sid. <laughs> what? <laughs> Notice that no one argued that it was e- either old nor chode. Just the brown <laughs> brown part. Little Nas X. <laughs> I feel like sometimes our genitalia is like a little different coloring-wise than mm-hmm. the rest of our body. And I can yeah. see Rob's yes. being like more like, like a brown-purple tint. Yeah. No. I thought your Incorrect. implication was that it had stretched so far that somehow it was in the nether Oh, uh, yeah. That's kind of how I, I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's Off quite, to a that's hot start. Quite that's quite a stretch. Quite a stretch. Quite imaginative. You could be a part of this hot start. You can be a part of the show anytime as we are live. The number to dial 213-WIDE-NUT, 213-943-3688. In the next hour, we're going to be talking to Megaforce Records founder, Johnny Zazula. We're really excited to talk to Johnny. He's got a new book out or coming out next month called Heavy Tales, The Metal, The Music, The Madness. This man's got a lot of stories to tell. He's going to tell a few on our podcast a little later today. So we have that to look forward to. And uh, we hope you can uh, be a part of the show. You can also follow us on social media, MI Livecast on Twitter. Search for Metal Injection Livecast on Facebook. And as we announced last week, we have a Patreon. Our Patreon is live at patreon.com slash Metal Injection Livecast. And for $5 or more, if you donate, if you contribute $5 or more, you will get a bonus episode every month. At least one bonus episode every month. And uh, plenty of behind-the-scenes extras. <laughs> we were and- just watching a behind-the-scenes extra <laughs> Before the show started, I'm crying. It was so funny. Was that why you're crying? Yes. (laughs) And uh, you can be a part of patreon.com slash Metal Injection Livecast. This month, already up, we have a live running commentary, a watch-along of the Pantera DVD or uh, home video. It was before Uh DVD was out. So funny. And uh, you know what? Uh, Let's play a quick sample Mm -hmm. of this uh, Patreon only. This clip. Patreon exclusive. So, in order to get the whole episode, you got to subscribe to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Metal Injection Livecast, and you can hear such banter as this. Oh, your ladies pop, you're a pussy like this. <laughs> Don't stop. Wait, no. That's just the right. That's the beginning <laughs> of the actual episode. That's not the clip that I sent you, Rob. Here. It's like Pantera to a kid right now is like what The Who was to a kid when Pantera was oh. in their Sure. Place. That yeah. makes perfect that a great sense. Comparison. Which yeah. is like, I, yeah, I, get, I hear from old people that they were cool, but that's like right. before I was born. That's yeah. how I feel about The Who. Like, I don't get it. 
Well, there's some good stuff. There's some good songs, but yeah, it's like whatever. I'm surprised to hear you say that because you like Pink Floyd, and it's like yeah, that's sort of in the same wheelhouse. Like oh yeah. Maybe I never like really dove deep. Just like the singles never. I mean, like you know. Some of the singles are super corny, but yeah, yeah. they have really good albums. They had they they like Pantera in a way that they sounded like nothing else happening mm. at that time. can instantly identify a Who song and a Pantera song. I thought you were going to say they're like Pantera and that both the guitarists oh, okay. accidentally had Child Born on their computer. <laughs> 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 Only one of them was an accident. I'll let you figure that out. <laughs> that was that was some story, man. Oh, no, I'm just doing research. <laughs> and he, it worked. How did that work? He's famous. Yes. Yeah. Explain the story. And he's a man. Um, that we just did. Pete Townsend uh, had child porn on his computer, and he said he was doing research for a child porn story. Yeah, anti-child porn research. Did yeah. that ever come out, that book or whatever? Yeah. I was, I was like, where's this project that yeah. you're supposedly working on, If Jericho? I was a detective, I'd have been like, all right, you have five years. If you ever put <laughs> something out, so if you're lying to me, you better start writing that book now, motherfucker. Because right, in five years, I'm coming back. Imagine he gets a report. Oh, God, I got five years. And then, like, four years and 11 months pass, like... Fuck, I didn't do shit. <laughs> Where did the time go? But, but to be fair, that's Where, five years well, of where, all the kid wait, porn wait, wait. you want. Where did the time go? Oh, yeah, I was looking at both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, now I have to do Ten real seconds. research. Get some more. Allegedly, we don't know. Right. It's a comedy it's show, Rob. Down. We don't oh have to explain God. it. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. A good uh, 90 more minutes of that. Yep. Yeah, so you can listen to that episode right now or whenever you want by subscribing at patreon.com slash metal injection livecast. And I just want to say, first of all, a lot of, uh, first of all, stop making Jewish jokes. No, there's a lot of other stuff coming down the pipe. Mm -hmm. uh, fun stuff, commentaries, lots of other stuff. And also, uh, you know, don't have to look at it as you're buying a product from us. In other words, you know, we've done a great show for 10 years. Anything you feel comfortable donating to us is great. Or nothing, just continuing to listen to the, to the free shows. But whatever, you know, we have a, f a very, I feel, tight relationship with our fans. And, um, you know, if you want to help the show do more things, buy more equipment, sound better, feel free to donate. And for certain donations, you get a very, very nice present in return. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, Dorinsky could record some voicemails for you in one of his impersonations. Or you get to sit in on the show. Yeah. That's if you got some. That's for the high rollers. As much as you want or as little as you want. And thanks for listening. Rob, do you want to tell them what you posted today on the Patreon? Yeah, so uh, last week I <laughs> posted an uh, uh, early peak of the uh Rebecca Moore shout out to Dorinsky mm -hmm. and the first time she's actually been funny on this show, <laughs> uh, which and is also on our Facebook page. right? Yes. Which uh -huh. you could see, which eventually was made public for everybody. You get with the Patreon. We put some of the behind the scenes clips that we would share on social media. We give a little early release on the Patreon as well. And so we posted that and I've watched it so many times. Oh my Gosh. Like I realized I was just scrolling through our Twitter page and the video was there. And you know how on Twitter it's just on mute automatically. Like the audio isn't playing, but the video is playing. And just by watching it without the audio, like in my head, I realized like I know everything she's <laughs> saying. Like I know the words here. And I've uh, so I 
have seen some of these online where people do essentially like lip syncs of speeches. Uh-huh. So I did. I performed a lip sync of Rebecca Moore <laughs> shout out. Yeah. Underline perform. And uh, I gave it my all. And I, I tried to bring out my inner Rebecca. Well, you, you definitely see, accomplished that. <laughs> you can see that on the Patreon. Rob has made me laugh many times for many reasons. I don't think I've ever laughed harder at something Rob has done than watching mm. this video. <laughs> it's just... It's pretty silly. Next level, as the, the younger generation says. I think older generations may have said that as well. Well, just me now, I think, is the first time. And uh, speaking of older generations, David Hasselhoff has a new song. What? Did you guys hear about this? What? Why? Hear about this? Because, <laughs> uh, I mean... He's still I, alive. Yeah. His acting career is in the in the shits. So, although I think he was oh. just casting something weird, if somebody can look that up. But he just put out a new single, and uh, is it, it in English or German? It's in English. I just noticed that I typed David Hasselhoff and somehow missed the H, and I typed Asselhoff, and <laughs> it's somehow more appropriate. Is that a gay porn actor? Perhaps. <laughs> I, I don't see that it is, but it should so, be. Yeah. So I, okay, so I feel like the. The new wave of David Hasselhoff ironic appreciation kind of started with uh, Kung Fury. Have you guys seen that Netflix short? It's like no. a comedy uh, kung fu movie. When is that from? Recent? Uh, from like four or five years ago. That's what I feel like he's been an ironic like guy since like, right, 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 like, years like ago. ten years ago. Like he had that thing, but I feel like that died down, and it was like again passe. But then he came back. I think when he was on Baywatch, he was already an ironic. Yeah, guy. I'm just saying it's like the waves. The <laughs> the, the newest wave of it happened then, right. and then he was in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie at a cameo, a silly cameo. What? In it. Not the first one, right? In the second one. Oh, okay. I watched that movie. I don't remember this, but I, I did. I have not seen two was, or three. It was very. Was sick. there a third? No, the third one didn't come out yet. Oh, see, that shows you how uh, I haven't seen it. And so, anyway, he's back now with a new song, which is surprisingly woke. It's called "Open Your Eyes." Oh boy! And the thing that initially uh, impressed would be a, a too big of a word, like okay. surprised me, was that the sound of the music, like he's kind of cashing in on the retro synth wave movement going like the dark synth wave thing does he know it's retro maybe to him right because to cool. him because yeah. it was what he was doing yeah. 30 years ago and like it's kind of coming back yeah. in fashion so that uh and the the pay attention to the lyrical content hello wait can we get the uh the the proper intro to when we play a, a <laughs> song darren oh okay sure hold on i but, just i just want to give this the True live cast premiere deserves. Oh, sorry. Musica. Total fucking Duclaw. <laughs> Video game stream the kids for war. Yeah. Sounds like he's singing the monster mash. <laughs> Working in the lab late one night, <laughs> when my ears saw heard an eerie sign. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember this fucking word. Excuse me. It was a graveyard smash. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds sort of dancing to me. 
So I can't follow what the fuck he's saying, but what's woke about this? It's anti-gun violence. Is it? Yeah, he's so. talking about how like video games train people to go into no. war, how the cops are filling up the prisons while the rich get richer. Say that about video games. Maybe some uh, Pamela Anderson rubbed off on him. Ugh, she's very. Uh, I think oh, he's the one that rubbed on off on. Did you see her on the View? Where she had, uh, like went head to head with Megan yes, McCain. Yes, that was fantastic. Yeah. She just basically shut down Megan McCain. I love it. Why I are we listening to either of these people? Oh, oh, somebody um, I'm willing to listen to them if they're saying something uh, that's good. I don't, I don't I, give a I, shit what kind of celebrity they are. I don't even want to look at them, let alone listen to them. I don't care you how don't smart they are. There's plenty of other smart people. Live your life, But, I mean, Sid, if The View it. is going to have them on and McCain is going to put something shitty out, I'd what, rather somebody... Was she promoting something, Pam Anderson, or was she just I don't know. a very famous person I just here? saw it trending on Twitter, and yeah, I was like, I what happened to Pamela Anderson? I hope she's not dead, and then well, I found out. Well, she definitely got a facelift. She, I she feel that so she's starting different. to look like a regular person again. Mm. I feel like her last... No. Well, I may, can, can I give a theory, though? I feel <laughs> that... I feel like... Our normal for her is like recal. It's calibrated towards bad plastic surgery, and I think what she looks like now is less than that. Well, I, I feel she- she's certainly gone for a more natural. And I want to preface this by saying Pamela Anderson can do whatever the fuck she wants. Like I we're agree. not. I'm not judging her well, for having plastic surgery. I would judge her. Happy. I would judge her if it looked bad, but I just don't think it looks bad. Well, I would critique the the right. job, but right. I, the intrinsic act of having plastic surgery is not wrong. Yeah, like that I just want to start with that. Well, I mean, she, without it she wouldn't have we wouldn't know who she was. She That's not exist. true. She was pretty famous when she before she had any For her natural she had breast beauty. implants to begin yeah. with. So. No, no, but she she was famous before she had the breast implants. No. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, she just she had got like bigger a, ones. I she thought she had like an all-natural no. uh, Playboy spread or something. Mm-hmm. No, she had implants from the jump. Like I now, I, what's what's crazy to me is I feel like uh, because of all of her surgery for the longest time, Pamela Anderson looked ageless. Like she always is just like her yes. own. Separate her, category. Yeah. Well, she, yeah but she like was, now she actually is starting to... Uh, kind of look her age she's looking like an older hollywood starlet you know like how uh but like this might be giving her too, this might this might be surgery. giving her too much credit but like how elizabeth taylor you know it was like uh oh like this person was uh a heartthrob before but now you're like an old she's not there yet but she's elizabeth taylor's a heartthrob i don't know if when she was really younger she was she was like yeah the biggest you, is that a word used to describe women not well rob is has it, he's also in a separate category so <laughs> leave that alone. what would you describe what would you sex Beautiful, symbol uh all right. classy or something sure know. that all works too sure. a handsome <laughs> woman <laughs> classic beauty but yeah now i'm just like this woman is but not young, but plus her. How old is she? Fifty. She's got to be older than that. Well, late eighties. I'm going to guess closer to sixty-two. 60. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's yeah, pretty. So she's not young that old, when she actually. started out. Fifty-two Canadian. isn't that old. Canadian, get out of my country. <laughs> Go back where you came from. Am I right, guys? Everybody, deport, deport mm. Pam Anderson. How about can we? Keep I, I okay. I remember what my <laughs> assessment was. You know how, like, with Russian women. 
mm-hmm. like attractive Russian women, you just think like, oh, in 30 years, you're going to be like you're an old Bobichka. grandma. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's going to yeah. the looks are good. Like, I feel like Pam Anderson is reaching that like oh. grandma phase. Yeah, I can see that. But, like, obviously, she's Aww. had a lot of surgery. <laughs> to uh, She would probably be suicidal if she heard you say that. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing wrong with plastic surgery. Right. Or l- looking it. like a grandma. But here, That's but what nothing, you yes, nothing wrong. Like, well. God, typical man. <laughs> Can we um, keep Pam Anderson and send Tommy Lee over to Canada? Is that a fair <laughs> That's trade? That's fine. I'm fine with that. He is. Oh, send him to married? Greece. Why? What? He's of Greek origin. So is he? Just, yeah, I Was believe. He born here though. Sure, but I mean, if we're going to send him to a different country, at least let it be one where you might have family. Don't let him freeze. <laughs> Isn't he engaged to like a very very young woman? He's married to a woman like half his age. Yeah, we talked married. about it when yes. the engagement. Oh happened. yeah, yeah, that's right. And they, any, uh, they they went through with it, Rob? Yeah. Were you invited? I was not invited. I wonder if there was a prenup. I'm sure. Does he have any plastic surgery? <laughs> I'm it, sure. Maybe. Yeah, I could see it. On that Why? dick. Am I right? Am I right, guys? He wanted a reduction. Yeah. He had a <laughs> dick reduction. It, he, he got some fat sucked out of his dick, and it was injected into Pam's forehead. Oh, that's nice of him. It's like a birthday present. What color do you think his dick is? Well, I, haven't we all seen his dick? <laughs> I have. Or I maybe it's a different color tape. now. Mm, I haven't seen it. You've never seen the tape? <laughs> You've never watched the <laughs> Pam Anderson's I may have seen a clip of it. I've never seen the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I never saw any insertion or I never, out. I never found her super attractive to begin with, so I was like, mm-hmm. well, let, let's see if seeing her in like full-on porn context oh. didn't and work. Changes, nah, not really. For me, it was just like the... Uh, I like the natural look. The, like... Like, I wasn't supposed to be looking at it, so oh, I wanted titillation. to. What do you mean yeah. you weren't supposed to be? It was sold, like, in stores. Well, she, didn't she sue to not have that happen, though? Yeah, but, I mean, she also probably made money from it. Well, eventually, she, she yeah, she somehow. agreed. Yeah, to, yeah. yeah, she got quite a hefty... Uh, I think what Rob's saying is not the money factor, but the fact just that the, she... she's on This send? is against her will. No, that his mom all. didn't want him watching porn. Well, all of it. Okay. Did your mom ever see the tape? <laughs> yeah, she, Speaking she walked of old in, Russian she women. She walked in I, mean, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, oh Tommy Lee, very nice. At least she's famous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no. Robert, find yourself a woman like this and get millions of dollars. And then find me men like that. Hello. <laughs> oh. Pamela Anderson, very nice girl. Give me that kielbasi. <laughs> Pamela Anderson's not Jewish, though, so I don't think. Probably. She's not? <laughs> For a second, I thought you were serious. <laughs> she, maybe she converted. Is that possible? Like, why not? I'm get sure get into that. Uh, what was she that? Maybe What's she's that? Kabbalah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kabbalah Anderson. <laughs> Kabbalah Harris running yeah. for president. I get it. Oh, Sam. Uh, That's good. Thank you. Um. And by the way, I, I want to uh, take a second to mention that a new horror movie from Rob Zombie right around the corner. Isn't that right, Darren? Yeah, he lays like Rob Zombie. Well, he's got mm. a new movie out. It's called Three from Hell. And it picks up the story of the Firefly, Firefly family where Devil's Rejects left off. Exclusive content on each event night. Okay, they're going to they're gonna have a limited release in theaters. How limited? Really limited. Three days only. Each day is going to have a special attraction. September 16th, 17th, and 18th. On the 16th, a video intro from Rob Zombie, and the first 50 people in the door will get a free poster. September 17th, a 30-minute behind-the-scenes documentary. 
And on September 18th, a double feature with the Devil's Rejects. Tickets for all three nights go on sale on July 19th via Fathom Events. So they're on sale now? Yeah, that was my birthday. Oh, wow. And Rob, I, didn't get why am I thinking? I'm thinking it was September 19th. Yeah, so they're on sale now. Listen, if you like Rob Zombie, this is a very limited window of opportunity. Get your tickets now. On sale now. Fathom Events. Rob Zombie. Three from Hell. Fathomevents.com backslash three from hell for tickets. And uh, I Is just it the number three or the word three? It's the number okay. three. Yep. I just uh, spent my weekend catching up on Rob Zombie movies, which I love House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, two very, very excellent movies. And uh, if you need a refresher, uh, Devil's Rejects ended. It was very suspenseful. It was uh, Otis, Baby, and Captain Spaulding in a convertible with like the cops creating a blockade and them just like driving towards oh. the cops with this huge shootout. And it was just like such a great scene at the end of the movie, which is full of great scenes. So I'm really excited for this movie. Awesome. Cool. Can we get the URL again, Noah? Uh, yeah, sure. It's uh, fathomevents.com backslash three. Regular Four. slash. Regular slash. <laughs> Let's says, get it again. It says backslash. That's probably it's the, incorrect. The copy is wrong. That, that's not like a valid Earl. Trust okay. me on this one. Fathomevents.com slash three, which is the number three, from hell to get your tickets. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Looking forward to it. And uh, once, once again, I want to remind everyone we're going to have Johnny Zazula in about half an hour calling into the Metal Injection Livecast. Excited to talk to him. He was there for the birth of the thrash metal movement. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he knows a friend of the show, Dave Mustaine, very well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to ask him about that. And last week we played a Wikipedia fact or fiction oh. uh, that Dave Mustaine did. And some of our live casters pointed out that uh, there were other ones that are, are worth mentioning on the show. Specifically one with Gene Simmons. Right. Uh, Darren, would you mind uh, <laughs> pulling it up while I... I hype it up, and now I want to mention that, of course, uh, Wikipedia Factor Fiction is hosted by uh, Loudwire and their host Graham. And you know that guy? Graham, I do know that guy. Is he uh, a guy? Yeah, he's a nice guy. Wasn't he on Metal Injection at some point? Hi, yeah, Oops, he, he used to write for Metal Injection. And, uh, I don't want to brag, but and now you're finally re- promoting his work. I recommended him <laughs> for his <laughs> job at, uh, at Loudwire. Did he come up with this idea? While he was under your umbrella, do you have part ownership of this intellectual <laughs> no. property? I have no ownership on this. This was all him. Uh, but uh, so he did this with Gene Simmons. And I've never, I really have to hand it him because I've never physically experienced a more awkward interview than oh watching my God. this. And I terrible. myself have interviewed many, and I've had most awkward of your interviews, interviews are awkward. Oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, and, uh, th- and I have to hand it to oh. him for like, not leaving the room even. Well, it's <laughs> like, his job. Well, Gene Simmons the is the biggest grandfather yeah. ever. Uh, yeah. So let let do you have this? Yeah. Are we going here? Yeah. Well, let's hear Gene Simmons on Wikipedia Fact or Fiction. Hi, I'm Gene Simmons, and you're not GeneSimmonsVault.com. Okay, you I want to go there and then go to Loudwire.com. I want to point out the only reason he did this is because at the time he was releasing like a two hundred dollar or whatever box set. 
<sighs> the Gene Simmons. It was actually probably more than that. So like the whole his whole point of being well, here he, is he to promote ever, yeah. this vault. He only right. ever does things if there's promotion. Right. If there's something. <laughs> right. 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 So with that in mind. Okay. Back to Gene. Intro. Hey everyone, Graham from Loudwire here, and it's Wikipedia Fact or Fiction time with Mr. Gene Simmons. Thank you so much for joining me here with his stuffy Dorino. Yeah, he's got a bit of a stuffy nose. What's up? (laughs) Do you always sound like that, Rob, or is this just a bad? I I never noticed the stuffy nose until you pointed it out. Rob never talked to him on the phone. He just (laughs) only exchanged information. He kind of looks a little like Dorino too. (laughs) Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, Somewhat. Same piercing blue eyes. No, brown eyes. Deuterino wins. <laughs> what he means is the Gene Simmons Vault dot com box set. Exactly. Gene Simmons Vault dot com. You can pick it up right there. So, actually, I'll, it's difficult to pick it up because it's. It about is very heavy. Pounds. Yeah, it's big, and it's also not heavy. It's my brother. He's not. All right. So so far, oh, oh like God. that is uh, that that little segment right there. My head would explode. We're 20 seconds into this interview, and so far it consists of Gene Simmons correcting this guy twice and making a 1960s uh, Carpenters reference that yeah. nobody gets. That nobody gets. Well, uh, he's going to point out that nobody gets. Okay. Oh. It About is very heavy. Pounds, yeah. And it's big. And it's also not heavy. It's my brother. He's not heavy. He's my brother. Name the band. You know Behemoth, but you don't know that classic song. Yes, because I'm under 75 yeah. years old. Also, yeah. to, to be clear, he's wearing a Behemoth shirt. That's why you right. pulled that reference. Wow. I don't think I don't think Gene Simmons ever heard of me. <laughs> I listen to the good stuff. No, millions of people determine what good stuff is, not 3,000. Yeah, I oh. bet you can find about 3,000 people that know the song you just sang right now, and way more that know who Behemoth is. I thought he was referencing a TLC show. He's not heavy. He's my brother. Is yeah. that a TLC <laughs> it show? It sounds like it would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a like a six hundred pound life kind of guy. Yeah. And it's like his sister takes That's hospice care of him. <laughs> also, a, to be fair, Karen Carpenter was anorexic, so everybody is heavy compared to her. Oh. <laughs> that's a good. Uh, that's a good Shark Tank. That shit. Yeah. Get that shit made. I'm on board. I have no time. Good stuff is defined by the masses. Bieber. One Direction. Well, their their fans think it's good. I love that he just put Gene Simmons now on his ass because he's corner. like, so you, there's a bunch of shit that's commercially produced that has lots of fans. Does that mean it's automatically yeah. good? Like Kiss? You fuck yeah, you. right. They do. And then if and they should be able to. Right. That. And then unless you unless if and when you think you are the only proponent <sighs> of good, holier than thou. That yeah. is a problem with us. I want to mention, this is the beginning of the interview. This, How'd they leave this in? Just getting scolded no. and cucked. Oh, I'm so glad. Sentence. I'm so glad. Like, the whole thing is Why just... Why clean it up? Yeah. No, this is amazing. <sighs> no, no, but I'm saying, like, I think it's funny, but, like, on their, from their point of view. Like, from well, whose point of view? Loudwire? Yeah. They, like, this is great. This is hilarious. I guess. They're I about, mean, like, we already got the interview. The guy's an asshole. Let everybody know it. That's true, too. Well, allegedly. It's just... Well, Alleds, I must douche say. chili. Um... Okay. <laughs> well, I went on to Wikipedia, uh, pulled out some stuff that may be fact or fiction. I feel like you're a very good source about yourself, so you can confirm or the deny. The build-up is too much. Just go for it. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Oof. You got any more tips on how to fucking interview you, you fucking weirdo? You understand. Uh, first of all, it says that 
you've gone by many other nicknames. Of course, we know the Demon, Dr. Love, and God of Thunder, but yeah. it also listed Reginald Van Helsing. It's true. That's true? Yeah. When was that name used? 70s. Oh, okay. Back in uh, prior releases or? When we tour during in hotels. Mm. But I'm also... I was also known by another nickname, uh, Morty Finkelstein. That was <laughs> the name I would use to check into hotels when I was on tour with Kiss. Uh, or the names that I used when I was enrolled in Yeshiva. Baruch <laughs> Hashem. Also known as Defendant. <laughs> that's, a, yes. that's, a com- that's a common one. Yeah. Piece of shit. Secretly, and sometimes, although I won't use it anymore, Siri, what do you call me? You're my lord and redeemer. That's you know, that's something that... Uh, He's such a dork. Okay. Yeah. And the guy, the poor guy that's interviewing him, El Duderino, has to, <laughs> he has to actually sit there and like kind of entertain this and kind of laugh, right? Because he's a nice guy. Which already, I'm sure he's like, what the fuck did I get myself into? Oh call him El Grammarino. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta keep changing it up. He's so impressed with himself. Like you gotta see Gene Simmons's face when he just pulled out the Siri thing. Ugh. He's done, and he's just like he's got this smug smile. He wants so head. bad for Grammarino to call him his lord and master, or whatever the fuck she said. Redeemer, redeemer, lord and redeemer. That really is that some Christian shit? I thought he was like Jewish. Uh, he's whatever pays the bills. This happened. That was that was fantastic. Fantastic. You like that? I love that. He's by the way, as he's saying that was fantastic. I love that. He's shaking his head no, like this. Very subtle, Graham. Uh, Wikipedia says you can speak Hungarian, I can. German, yeah. Hebrew, yeah. and some Japanese. English. English as well. Yeah, very few Japanese uh, phrases, but yes. At age eight, uh, you immigrated to New York City with your mother, and yeah. you were raised in Wikipedia a Wikipedia also house. says you do not understand the word no in any of those languages. <laughs> oh. Piece of shit. Household hey. where you practiced playing your guitar at hours without end. That's true. Definitely. Yeah. So when did you start playing guitar? Well, uh, I'd seen the Ed Sullivan show on the Beatles, and I actually emotionally got a connection to it. I didn't listen to the music so much because I didn't know. I was much more immersed when I first came to America with my mom. She told me guitars were an anti-Semitic plot against the Jewish people. <laughs> no. Down the a little Richard Chuck the Berry. cantor I mean, at sounded... my synagogue needed a lead guitar player for his band. <laughs> Baruch Hashem. Like music I'd never heard before, and so I was, you know, an avowed fan. Good God, I miss my... I mean, I couldn't speak English, so I went, You know, like scatting. Yeah. Like the Ella Fitzgerald jazz scatting. Because I couldn't say the words. I didn't know what, what's a wop bop a loo wop a wop bam boom. Where's that in the dictionary? Who cares? It's good. I scoured the dictionary for three weeks looking for this phrase. Good. <laughs> I like the way you think. Yeah. And so then the Beatles thing came on, but I always felt like an outsider when I saw them on TV. I understood that you could be an outsider, look weird, talk like that. And oh speak God. differently and look and have silly haircuts and all that, like this silly haircut. Wikipedia says your first band was named Lynx and then later was renamed to The Missing Lynx. True. That's true. Yeah. What was that band all about? It was uh, two guys, Seth Rogamage and Danny Haber and myself, and we were brave enough to get up Did on you say school. Seth Rogan? 
uh, yeah, yeah, stage when it was out. talent show, and we did uh, Everly Brothers. It was uh, two guys, Seth Rogen, Asian, Danny Haber, and myself. And Seth Rogen, Asian. So he was friends with our Se an Asian Seth Rogen. Oh, no. <laughs> we were brave enough to get up on school uh, stage when it was talent show, and we did uh, Everly Brothers. Once you smoke pot and tell a bunch of dumb jokes, you're hungry again an hour later. <laughs> There's an Otis Redding and some Beatles songs, some Kinks. And I didn't play guitar then. Um, Seth Dogramajan, my school chum, played guitar, no, sang harmonies Seth. and stuff. This is like 73 years before Seth Rogen was born anyway. <laughs> and the school liked it so much that they gave us the school dance. So there we were all wow. of a sudden making 50 bucks. I went, wow. Are there any highlights? Because it's like 11 more minutes. I don't think I could <laughs> yeah. take it. I mean, uh, Should I that jump was, around? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's Towards see. the end is a good tune. This is like potluck. Uh, nothing to lose. The song chronicles the singer coercing his girlfriend into trying anal sex and her subsequent enjoyment of it. I thought about the back door. She, uh, yeah. He had. Did he have to sing the lyrics back to know what the song was about? Does he just not know his own songs? I think it's just safe to assume most of his songs are about anal sex and forcing <laughs> people into it. it. Ties back to the whole defendant thing. Uh. Before I had a baby, wow. I tried every way. She didn't want to do it, but she did anyway. Thought oh. about the back door. So it's not just anal sex, it's anal rape. More or less, or coercion at best. She didn't want to do it, but she did it anyway. Oof. And this was written three I... years ago. <laughs> that song. <laughs> it's something I've had on my mind all through my 70s. I wrote the song, can't remember the lyrics. She didn't want to do it, but she did anyway, yay, yay. I said, baby, please don't refuse. You got nothing to lose. You got, got nothing to lose. Yes, it is in fact that. And the, uh, the inspiration came from a song I heard when I was a kid called Backdoor Man, which was an old blues song, and I didn't know what Backdoor Man was, yeah. and then I found out. Calling Dr. Love. The song's title came from your recollection of the Three Stooges film Men in Black, which contained the no. hospital. No. You're getting close. Am I? Yeah, but no film, no nothing. The Three okay. Stooges made shorts. Oh, by the way, he's picking his nose right now. <laughs> uh, Digging oh. for go <laughs> Take a look at this free frame. Oh, 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 God. Oh. Oh, no, I yes. can't turn it all the way around. You're going to have to take my word for it. You know what? I don't even want to see it. Yeah, she's good. Taking out a nice gooey. They were half hour. It's available well. now on GeneSimmonsVault.com. <laughs> it's uh, roughly 40 pounds, so you can. It's not heavy, it's my booger. I, like, <laughs> who the hell needs 40 pounds? <laughs> wow. Okay. What yeah. are you going to say, Noah? Like, who the hell needs 40 pounds worth of crap from Gene Simmons in their house? You'd be surprised. Yeah. Eddie Trunk <laughs> probably bought three. <laughs> Just like, where do people have room to keep that shit? In his trunk. No. <laughs> I'll be here all week. On the same display with like all the kiss action figures, maybe next to the kiss coffin. But all of that goes into the garbage when you die. Not the coffin. That goes in the ground with you in yeah, it. Yeah, I guess. You can't fit all that crap in it. Maybe have them amputate a leg or something so you make a little more space in the coffin for yeah. the important is, stuff. Is there any artist you love enough to no. be buried in the coffin with their logo on it? No. I mean, I just can't even... Never mind that I don't like Kiss that much, but I can't think of anything I like enough to want to do. I wouldn't even want a Mets coffin. I don't even want a coffin. I That's just want like my body put to the ground. Yeah, people see it for like a day yeah. and then never again. 
Like, why? But I'll be next to it. Yeah, but you'll be on the inside. You won't see any of that shit. <laughs> well, maybe it's got Kiss shit on the inside, too. Okay, well, then that changes. Yeah, and it's Kiss lining. It's got all the lyrics about anal sex on the inside of the <laughs> coffin. <laughs> just printed all over. There's like a little vibrator on the bottom of it that pokes your butt. <laughs> no, you're getting close. Am I? Yeah, but no film, no nothing. The Three okay. Stooges made shorts. They were a half hour long. Okay, yes. Yeah. So, Is that uh, his correction? No, that's actually yeah. a fault. No, it was not a movie. Uh, it was actually a 30-minute shot. You are incorrect, sir. The fuck? <sighs> really? Semantic corrections with Gene Simmons. <laughs> Dr. Howard, Dr. Fine, Dr. Howard, calling Dr. Fine. And I started to walk around going, calling Dr. Howard, Dr. Fine, calling Dr. Howard, calling Dr. Love, calling Dr. Love, because I got the cure you're thinking of. Oops. What? Did I just say? This is hold on. I just want. Can you like just out of context that last little bit? Okay, yeah. So calling Doctor Howard, Doctor Fine, Doctor Howard, calling Doctor Fine. He's got Tourette's. And I started to walk around calling Doctor Howard, Doctor Fine, calling Doctor Howard, Doctor Love, Howard, Doctor Howard. What the fuck is going on? Dropped his headphones and mic. Fucking Gene Simmons walking through an airport talking to himself. Doctor Howard, Doctor Howard, Doctor Howard. Can you imagine living with this man? <laughs> this man being your father? Ah, uh, having to You can see what that's jokes? like. They had a reality TV show. Dad, can that's I borrow the car? Not the fine, Dr. Hall, Dr. Hall. Be <laughs> not heavy, my brother. <laughs> he really is the worst person. Dr. Hall. I got the curious. Christ Oldjas. What did I just say? I picked song. his nose again. <laughs> he's like, he's got an itch. He's making this. Inf- no, it was a scratch. It was definitely not a scratch. It was a pick. Doing Georgie Jessel, who you have no idea. I've heard uh, Gilbert. Georgie, got- Georgie Jessel. Wop, bum, a loop, bop, bam, boom. Gottfried reference in the force. Georgie Jessel? Yes. That's- he was, he was going to be the original jazz singer. In the jazz singer film? Yeah. But he was he was a jackass. I knew Georgie oh. before. He- oh, but the one they made the actual jazz singer film about was not a jackass. Mm-hmm. The guy doing uh, Mammy in blackface <laughs> on stage. Okay, I knew Al Jolson. He was a good friend of mine. <laughs> I taught him in third grade biology. <laughs> he died. Oh, do you believe he was a jackass? Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm over this. Uh, yeah, let's go. Yeah, they wrap up. And a, it's called a fold back, I think, where you go in. That's you fold her cheeks apart. Yeah. <laughs> Don't wait for consent. Just enter. Oh yeah. boy. Just go inside. Invade the cheeks. And it was a way to uh, shield taxes, Australian taxes. Really? On the Patreon, we should just uh, have an, a, a contest where, uh, or like a, a poll where someone just picks a random number and we click that time in a Gene Simmons video oh my God. and see what the fuck he's rambling about. If he's picking about. his nose. <laughs> <laughs> if he's not picking his nose, you win a prize. If you find the eight seconds of this video where he doesn't have his hand shoved up his fucking nose digging out a booger schnot. Wow. Okay, how does that... But you're paying taxes in Australia? Oh, as soon as you earn money offshore. You Wait, you got to go back. Hold on, hold on. Go back. We got to hear this one. This one is. The viewer insane. is led to believe that Gene purchases an Australian football team, Carlton Football Club, while in reality, there is no re- record of the team being sold to you. Uh, the reality is that I did purchase it. It was a one day purchase. 
and a it's called a fold back I think where you go in and it was a way to uh, shield taxes Australian taxes really wow okay how does that uh, you're paying taxes in Australia oh, as soon as you earn money offshore you have to pay oh. offshore taxes and then that's I put against the American taxes, but they hold on to your money, and while they hold on to your money, you don't get the benefit of the, you know, they loan out your money while they hold on to it for a year. I want to point okay. out that so he's no. explaining money laundering, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would not use that terminology to describe it. Uh, uh, calling Dr. Ha calling uh, my lawyer, calling my lawyer, lawyer <laughs> Howard, lawyer <laughs> Fine, lawyer Howard. I refuse to comment further on the grounds that it may incriminate me, Gene Simmons. Old banking trick, and it's legal. Right. It's, it's to circumvent that, what you want to do is to minimize your legal and tax expenses. Just get to the end. This is, okay. I wanna, this is the end. There's no, like, that's it? There's like 20 seconds. Why, what, oh, this okay. is the end, my friend. <laughs> is there a, then there must be a part two? Because I feel like he went out off on a whole rant about his vaults as He's probably well. probably just thinking about like any old... But all right, we don't need to... Yes. Just a reprehensible piece of shit human being. All right, we, we get it, Sid. He's your it. Steve Harvey. Yes. You love him. Yes. Mm. He's my Jose. Oh. What? Cyopus. <laughs> it's a piece of shit. Um, changing gears, I want to talk about The Hue. Uh, the Hue is an up-and-coming band that fuses Mongolian sounds and Western rock. To Mongolian folk rock bands. So mm. plenty of our fans love Mongolians, Mongolian metal. We've talked and, about uh, it. So if, if that's you, the Hughes new album, the new album from the Hue is new called Hue. The Gehrig. And it's out this Friday, September 13th through 11-7 music. You can catch the Hue on their North American tour. It's hitting a ton of stops. I think 50 plus stops. Kicks off tomorrow. And wraps up in Las kicks off tomorrow in Minneapolis and wraps up in Las Vegas on December seventh. Going to all major cities, some secondary cities, and even a few third city, third degree, third. You know, are you, you know. going to list which cities you consider third tier cities, or do you want to let the people who live there figure it out for themselves? They can figure it yeah. out. Right. You can get all the dates and figure out which city, which <laughs> tier city you belong to at the Hue Official. That's the H U. The HUofficial.com. The Hue, the new album, The Gehrig, this Friday on 11.7 Music. Sweet. How was that album title spelled? G E R E G. Okay. Like Lou Gehrig. And it's pronounced Hue, not Who? Are you the sure? That would be weird if they were pronounced The Who. who? Well, it's, <laughs> it's Hue because it's the Mongolian root for human. So I feel like mm -mm. Hue. Interesting. Noah, your Mongolian is up to par like that? I've been studying. I didn't know that. They also have over 7 million views on their uh, music videos on YouTube. They're like YouTube sensations. That's a lot of Hue views. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Damn it, Darren. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, the Hue. Are they friends with, what was that, Tanger Calvary band? So what? So didn't somebody from that band die? Yeah, the singer. So do they still exist, or are they done? Are they defunct, despunked? There has not been an update since his, since his death. So now if you want your Mongolian metal fix, the hue is basically it for you. 
they're the one-stop shop. This is. I'm just saying, like, if you're a big. This is not part of the read. Don't worry about it. Mongol file. That this is to keep on on the Mongolian metal scene. Yes, the hue is where it's at. Now, can we find our one uh, audience member? (laughs) Our one audience member who hates Max. uh, He hates Mongolian. He doesn't hate. He's just. He said he was scared by the like by the language. The language sounds unflattering to him, to his ears, unpleasant. I would. I'd say that's borderline hate. Well, we don't know this. This is what, like no. three, four years ago that Max said this? We haven't heard from him since. So. Have you heard of misophonia? <gasps> what? Is it possible that Max killed the lead singer of Tanker Cavalry because oh of his voice? No. Because of his language? We haven't heard from Max in a while. Maybe he's in hiding. He's in a safe house right now. Somewhere in a Russian neighborhood in Los Angeles. In or fact, Brighton Max uh, killing that singer is what led me to write the great song, Beth. Beth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, who, 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 Dr. Howard, Dr. Fine, uh, Strutter, Strutter. Uh. <laughs> Dead lead singers are very receptive to anal sex. You don't even have to convince them. We just let's let you do see, it. Uh, Backdoor baby, slide right <laughs> in. Uh, slide right in. I remember writing that song, uh, watching a uh, classic Joe Franklin episode <laughs> when I was 37 years old in 1923. Strites Matz my friend. <laughs> Speaking of awkward uh, uh, speeches, I did want to play this <laughs> right before uh, before we get uh, John Zazula on the line. Uh, I want to play this Boris Johnson. We didn't talk about we hadn't talked about Boris Johnson at all. Prime Minister of the of, more Trumpy Trump of is the the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Yes, okay. correct. And uh, newly newly minted, n- newly minted, not elected. I'm not, not elected. elected. Yeah. Yeah. Picked. Be careful. By the bourgeoisie. (laughs) No, but uh, this guy is a mess. And he was giving a speech to local police. And let's forget about politics. Just listen to the words coming out of his mouth. Sure. The most important thing I think politicians can do is back the police. They're always learning the caution. (laughs) You know the caution. You know what you have to say when 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 you call someone? You do not have to say anything. Is that right? But anything you s- No, but if you fail to mention something <laughs> which you later rely on. Hang on, let's get this right. Calling Dr. Howard. Remember it? Dr. Fine. He sounds like he's going to ask for a succulent meal. They all know it. Yeah. Which like you re- which you later rely on in court. Maybe just like he should ask Gene Simmons what the caution Take is. It into it's account. been said to him many times. Here's what amazes in me court. about this guy is that you can have two people in similar jobs like Trump and him mm-hmm. who an apt comparison can be made between them. Mm-hmm. And the amazing part is that Trump is the less embarrassing one of the two. Absolutely. Here, let's just listen to the last time. That's shocking that that construct can exist when we're talking about Trump. Maybe he's like a more Trump Trump taken into account. <laughs> anyway, you get the gist. I'm sorry to have tested. <laughs> anyway, you get the gist. Anything you, you can. I didn't get any gist from that. He's trying to say, you know, that say like anything you say can and will be used against right. you in a court of law. He couldn't remember that phrase. And what's his thesis there? He's saying that thing is stupid, that we shouldn't bother with it. No, he just says we th- he's just saying that cops all know it. 
Oh. <laughs> the thing we all, the, the thing that all yeah. cops know, but yeah. he doesn't know. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm not a cop, so. Yeah. You know the gist. I love that he has not the, like, British Cockney accent, but the actual, like, House of Lords British accent, mm-hmm. and yet he's a complete dunce. Yeah. Never brushes his hair. It's he's so got worse funny. hair than Bernie Sanders. He is, he's got worse hair than Trump. They're, like, actually physically similar, too. Trump combs his hair. He looks like Trump after, like, if he had woke up and ran there after having a wet hair. He's like if Donald Trump and Eric Trump had a son. <laughs> Which is not out of the realm of sure. possibility. <laughs> I mean, he's going after, he's going into the, sneaking into the room to bang Ivanka. <laughs> Went in the wrong room. Yeah, that's, that's basically uh-huh. it, right? And you know Eric would let him. He'd be into it. Sure. The most affection he's ever seen from his yes. father. He probably goes to bed in a wig just in case. <laughs> oh man! That's a I said it. Shock jock. <laughs> the shock jock. Anything else to that clip there? That was it. Boris, can you find that quickly? If I don't know if we have Johnny Z on the line yet, but Not yet. I was going to say that Zack Saber Jr. clip where he blames Boris Johnson for losing a wrestling match. What? Oh, it's pretty great. It's brilliant. Oh, he's British, this guy. He's a British wrestler. He's wrestling in Japan in a big, like, pay-per-view scenario. And he loses, and he goes backstage, and he has a meltdown. And it was right after Boris Johnson took office. Oh, okay. So he just trashes the room and, like, blames Boris Johnson. But is this, like, like a promo he's cutting? It's a promo. Okay. It's like a post-match loss promo. Okay. I think this is it. I'm not sure. Well, I can find it if you want. It's not a language barrier. They count using Roman numbers. One, two, sodding three. No. <laughs> no this is, I think he gets into it. From that there. sounds like something else. Yeah, it really on. does. <laughs> it's definitely the right guy. Sounds like Gene Simmons walked in the room. Ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> He doesn't understand when you say that. What is going on there? I think because I have it. Oh, let's yeah, hear it. Well, let, let Darren play, play it. it. Okay. He tweeted it himself. He's all beat up because he just lost the match. Oh, it's is that like what's going on? like one second after the match happened. Sounds like someone's a little cum pig. Mm. Woohoo! <laughs> 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 it's an Okay, it sounds like we're watching porn. It really I don't does. Think it's turned on. <laughs> That's funny. This is Dee Snyder. Uh, hey, like twisted sister. I can't concentrate. So I read the news all day. <sighs> Boris Toffee, Eaton, Wanker, Johnson, Tosser. <laughs> <sighs> I'm the British champion. I have to care about these things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you dipshits. You just talk about wrestling. I have to care about current affairs. <laughs> so otherwise, I'm walking around a pillock. This championship represents Boris Johnson. <laughs> Boris Johnson. <laughs> and now I have two points. 
imagine like a, a tournament where you get points for winning matches. Okay. He's, he's only low. got two points. Yeah, it's bad. I've dealt the fact I can't win all nine matches. I come down. I dealt it. Very amicably, very mature. I decided I was going to win. Six three. A bit of humility. Put me ground ground me again. You'll see I'm one of the greatest British wrestlers of all time. All right. All right. Let's get. Let's get Johnny on the line while we have our political talk. I want to quickly mention again, John's book is Heavy Tales, the metal, the music, the madness. John, are you there? Hello, hello. Hey. Hello, John. Thank you so much for uh, taking some time to talk to us here on the Metal Injection Livecast. This is Rob here with Noah, hello, Sid, hey. and Darren. That's me. Big <laughs> honor. Thank you. Hey. So what's up? We're just talking about uh, heavy metal. We're talking about your new book. It's out next month. Heavy Tales, the Metal, the Music, the Madness. Uh, is it? Mm-hmm. How did it feel like when you first started uh, writing this book? Like, oh, I have a my life is book worthy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> having that realization. Well, you know, I've heard a lot of stories about myself. And uh, most of them are wrong. Hmm. They're a little bit right. And uh, there's a few things that I wanted to set clear before I passed on into the great tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I just felt that in my retirement, I wanted something to do. And it felt like, yeah, it felt like, you know, maybe I should set the record straight and tell some stories that nobody knows and that would interest other people and basically i put this book together it was a real pain in the ass you know but i managed to do it um i had some help because i had to have a an outline of my life from the beginning to today and work on that to write the book and i had to bring in someone believe it or not from the military who was a research person <laughs> I brought that person in. I figured if he could do uh, gun manuals and all kinds of other things, research for the Army, he could research my life. It was a fluke. He wanted to do a Metallica interview with me. And next thing you know, he's the co-writer of the book, Harold Claros. But anyway, to answer your story, it was just basically I'm retired now, bored out of my mind, <laughs> had to have something to do, and, and here it is a year and three months later. When, when he was bringing you research... Uh, was there any point where you're like, wait a minute, I did that? Yeah, what? <laughs> Remember this shit? What? That's the whole insanity. That's the whole insanity. Because I got very nervous writing this book because I didn't believe what I did in such a short period of time. Now, when I say what I did, I mean Megaforce Records, which was a, a group of people. It's not just me. It was a team effort. Don't be modest. But- it was you. Come on. <laughs> and your wife. No. No, I had some help. You know, I always tell everybody it was Maria who found Metal Maria in my office, who Mm -hmm. found Ministry and Testament for me. It was Marsha who found King's X for me. It was Ed Trunk who brought me Ace Frehley. You know, it was a team. Uh, Of course, I had to love it and want to go forward with it. And that took an awful lot of persuading. But at the end, when we went with something, I was totally into it. But it was the team that made it happen. I I just want to go on record saying that kind of stuff. That's nice of you. Yeah, I hear you. Of course. It had to be a team effort. And, you know, you were there for the <clears throat> beginnings of thrash metal. 
and, and sort of the the beginnings of heavy metal like uh uh it, it was just just kind of forming and, and what was it like to kind of discover i guess it wasn't a new genre but like really feel like you're on the precipice of a, of a movement and then not only that but finding yourself diving in and being a part of it and influencing it in such a way with uh discovering these bands what you have to realize is that when we got involved exodus was just a band playing in the bay area Metallica was just a band that recently moved to El Cerrito. Testament didn't exist. Overkill were bubbling in the Northeast. There was no movement. And what it felt like when it all started to come together, it felt like a revolution at that time. It felt like a metal movement. I mean, I remember walking down the street the first day I saw a Metallica t-shirt on somebody, the first shirt I ever saw on a human being. And I said, it's happening. And that was my motto through the whole start of the revolution. It's happening. We started with 60 people, went to 200 people, went to 300 people. Next thing you know, we had 3,000 at the Roseland. You know, Mm -hmm. it was an amazing movement. And life changed at that point. And that's where, by the way, I I start the book. Yeah, yeah. That that famous show with uh, Raven and Anthrax uh, where Metallica was sandwiched in there. And that's the also yeah. yeah. I, I, I feel like yeah, that was that was quite. I, I feel like that show gets gets brought up so much by so many different people, like so many people that were influential that weren't even in those bands were at those shows. That was such a moment in time, and so many things came out of that show. Uh, some not so good for you because that's also where Metallica was introduced to their. Uh, uh, major label A and R guy and uh, Q Prime, but uh, what I found interesting was you mentioning how you guys had to promote the show. How there was no hello, internet. hello, can you can you hear us? I hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. What I thought was interesting was okay. in the book you talked about how you promoted the show and how back then, obviously, there's no internet, there's no podcast, there's no anything, there's no Facebook events to RSVP to. And, like, it must have been so much more difficult to get the word out. What were some marketing tactics used to promote, like, for example, this Roseland show? Well, what I did was I went to a lot of clubs. Where they, well, there weren't a lot of clubs, but I went to clubs like Lamar and wherever they would play metal in the tri-state area. Mm-hmm. And I actually had to pay the DJs to play Raven and play Metallica and play Anthrax. Um, I remember when I brought Anvil to America, I had to pay somebody and convince them it didn't sound like Rush. It was a whole new sound. You got to try it. And that's what it was like at first, setting the groundswell of all these DJs playing the music and people saying, what's that? And then we made it look like the circus was coming to town because we would do ads in the newspapers, like a quarter page at first, then a half a page. But by the time the show was coming a week away, we took out the whole centerfolds. In newspapers, unheard of. We really promoted. We put posters on on polls, on uh, telephone polls, like we were running for election. It was quite an amazing way to promote. I drove around in a van with a big sign on it all over the place where there were in-stores. I invaded Twisted Sister in-stores, for instance, and showed up with a dragon. That was uh, (laughs) a guy dressed up as a dragon at their in-store just to promote the Headbanger Ball. I love it. And how did they, they feel about that? 
What? How did they feel about you stealing their thunder at their own in-store? Was there any blowback? Oh, I got... Oh, Dee Snyder looked at me, <laughs> and their tour manager looked at me like, what What the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> what the hell is this guy doing? And you want to know something? Twist and Sister were great sports about it. They let me do my thing. Their thing continued, and we left. And they continued to do their thing. But we made our point for like 150 people who came to the store that there's something they should check out in Staten Island. That's a, now, is that at Zigzag Records, the Sin store? Uh, in store? What in store? When we did in stores, we did Zigzag Records as well. They were in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, yeah, we're in Brooklyn. Yeah, that was uh, right so around where actually, I grew yeah, up. Like, like so, some of us actually lived right by Lemoore, uh, oh, which is so funny that you mentioned oh, it. Oh, we love Lemoore. <laughs> Is your car safe? <laughs> Everybody used to break. They used to break into the cars at Lamar. It used to be so scary. You didn't know if you were gonna have a car when you got out of there. You know. It, it was a weird warehousey area, but yeah, we lived a little, a little further away in the resident. It was like a ten minute walk. You know, it wasn't yeah. like right around the corner or anything. But... Oh, that's cool. Yeah, great pizza, great Spumoni where you live. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. love it, Spumoni Garden. Yes, of course. It's not it's not like that where I live, trust me. You can't get a slice of pizza that doesn't look like cardboard with yeah. cheese on it. <laughs> I miss Brooklyn. What were some of your your favorite spots in, in Brooklyn to hang out? I gotta be honest with you, I, I hang I hung out on Avenue U and thirty seventh Street for quite a while and, and around Nostrand Avenue. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, Jans. Fast lanes. Have you ever been to fast lanes? I, I can't hear you, but Brennan and Carr. Because that was Marcia's turf. Excuse me. Did you go to Brennan and Carr? That's right on the corner in Nostrand. Didn't you? Of course. Nice. Yeah. Of course. Beef sandwiches. Yep. Still, still there. Still there. It's fantastic. I used to go to Brooklyn just to have a Brennan and Carr. Right <laughs> you know, Marcia is a is a Brooklyn girl. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time in Brooklyn, and of course, when Lamar was happening, I was hap- I was living there pr- pr- practically. I used to have to hire a limo. I had two children. I used to have to hire a limo with a friendly driver who would watch my children sleeping outside Lamar, oh, and I would go in and out of the car to check on them during the shows. Jeez, you know that that, that that was outside Lamar all the time was mine, and not that I was a millionaire. It's just that someone really was giving me a great deal back then, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and your kids had to but be that taken the... care of. Excuse me? I said your kids had to be taken You wanted to make sure your kids were, were, were taken care of. Oh, yeah. And they didn't want to have any part of it. <laughs> you know, they didn't want to sit in the car and play with their coloring books. Did they end up getting into metal? When... Yeah. Did they get into metal when they grew up, or were they always rebellious of your tastes? Well, one, they all like their metal. I mean, they grew up with everybody sitting around the living room, you know, uh, and all you heard was metal in the house day in and day out, you know, so uh, they knew what the songs were. They knew who Talica was. That's nice. They knew everything, you know. Um, I think their favorite band was Holocaust or Michael Jackson, I'm not sure. <laughs> but somewhere... Who could tell the similar. difference, right? 
Uh, I w- also in the book, you uh, talk about obviously Metallica and how they pull up in a, a you. I I couldn't believe this that you wired them money. You wired Lars money, fifteen hundred I think or eighteen hundred. Uh, never meeting him. Fifteen hundred. Yeah, and then to to tour across the country, and then they basically came and lived with you for a month when they were all like twenty years old. And uh, I think the most interesting most interesting thing is you immediately uh, snuffed out that Dave Mustaine is a problem because <laughs> of his, of his uh, alcohol problem, right? Like, is that what do you know? Well, it was brought to me by the band. I was pretty much afraid. Every night, because before he went on stage, he was like really, really sourced. And when he got on stage, and I mentioned this in the book, he didn't miss a single note. He played his ass off. He wasn't sloppy. He was just fantastic. Perfect. And then he'd get off the stage, and I don't want to even talk about it. But... Yeah. That's the kind of special guy Dave was, you know, that when it came to the music, there was no screwing around. He's a music savant. He's a music savant. That's exactly (laughs) correct. I got to ask you a question. So Dave Mustaine wrote in his own book, his own autobiography, around this time that you were uh, connected with Metallica, that he had a dog and that uh, James Hetfield hauled off and kicked the dog in the stomach. Uh, and he was really upset about it and had a huge fight. Did you ever hear of this? We want to know if he fabricated that or if that was true. I don't know this story. I never heard this story by anybody. Okay. Cool. I was, I'm I, not saying it's not true. But I don't I don't know it to be true. I that's never fair. heard it. That's fair. Were you there uh, when they kind of uh, uh, gave well, him the bus ticket? And, uh, and uh, were you present for that? Or you just knew about it and they York, handled right? it? No, 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 no. I'm a coward, man. I'm a coward. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be there for that. I don't blame you. That could yeah. be a big blow. You know how Dave I, Mustaine I have, is. I think I would have been there if I could have been there. Oh. My schedule was really, really crazy in those days. Mm-hmm. I may have even been doing time at that moment. You know, in the book, I talk about the fact that I was serving time before Rock and Roll Heaven, mm-hmm. and I did everything from a pay phone with about... 12 big thugs waiting online behind me to Jeez. call their girlfriends for the first time they're out of prison. And here I am in a halfway house talking on the phone about Metallica and Venom and Raven. You know? <laughs> it was really crazy. I I told them I was promoting a show for Cool and the Gang to come and play for the halfway house. And they all believed it, so they let me put my show together. That never happened. I was going to say, then what happens when you don't deliver the show? Well, I was gone. Oh, okay. All right. That's they, good. They let me out early because uh, the the federal marshal used to go with me to all the shows. Oh, okay. He had to escort me to make sure I was doing the right thing. Jeez. And I was out beyond curfew, believe it or not. While I did all this great stuff, I even had that to deal with. Hmm. Well, and one day he wrote in his report that I'm like a really good guy, man. And like, you know, he... he, he just let them out and they let me out uh, way early and uh that's when i just jumped into the whole megaforce records and everything and went crazy wow what were you locked up for it's in the book um can't give away everything (laughs) i was a i was a wise guy 
not a mafia kind of guy, but I was just a wise kid. And uh, I came from the streets. I didn't know really what right and wrong was to some degree. Mm -hmm. And I worked myself into getting involved in a Wall Street firm. And and how can I explain it to you? Passed the NASD exams and became a real broker. (laughs) And I was trading stocks. Everything was great. And then I got involved in commodities. Uh Uh-oh. Now, commodities can be dirty and ugly, and I got involved in the ugly side, and uh, the, the firm was doing illegal things, and I was put in jail for conspiracy oh, to commit fraud because the 32 employees, everybody that was involved with the boss, went in. So was Wolf and of Wall Street put- written about you? <laughs> what? Are you the Wolf of Wall Street? Was that about you, that movie? I'm hardly the Wolf. I'm about the... I'm the sheep in wolf's clothes. You I did some bad things when I was young. I, I served my time and basically came out of there a changed man, never to do that kind of stuff again, and I never did. You know, I learned my lesson at a very young age. I was about you know, 29 years old, 28 years old. You start the book you know, off uh, talking about, uh, you know, your your battle with depression and, um, you know, your your very difficult childhood with your father. And I was just wondering why it was it important for you to share that? Well, I, I just wanted people to understand that I was a manic depressive, that it wasn't so easy for me, that everything I did. I was in a constant war with myself and had to self-medicate myself and until I finally got to a psychiatrist who was able to give me the proper pharmaceuticals. They didn't give me the proper pharmaceuticals for years. And I was going crazy. And while I was going crazy and in the manic side of manic depression, which is the up crazy side of it, mm-hmm. I just kept performing, performing, performing. Uh, when I re- When you read the... Uh, discography at the end of the book. That's a madman's discography. <laughs> I mean, did you see how much I did in one year, two years, three years? It was, it was crazy. It wasn't like I had a hundred people staff. Right. Three people. And what was it like? Of course, it got twenty-two. Sorry. Uh, at the uh, in the photo gallery, I thought it was great because you had a. Uh, there's a photo of a reunion, I think, in like a backyard. Metallica had a party. Uh, and it was you guys, uh, Metallica, Maria was in there. What was it like being at that, that party? Uh, Cliff's dad was there. Uh, and just like reminiscing and being like, look at where we all kind of ended up. And, and who would have thought all these scumbags would be here, you know? And I mean scumbags in the nicest way possible, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the people that were there in the beginning were the people that were there in the end. They all stayed with Metallica, their whole West Coast crew. It's just me and Marsha and the militia, the Old Bridge militia that came out really from the Northeast. But it was really kind of weird sitting in the house again in El Cerrito. You know, I was there. And uh, it's so different now than it was. It's unbelievably different. But it was really good because James and I haven't had a sit down in years. 
and we had a real wonderful long talk with the party going on all around us. Everybody taking pictures, going crazy, and we were just sitting there talking right in the middle of it. You know, it was it was a good vibe. Everybody in the band were wonderful, warm and loving and hugging, and it was a very good good day for for everybody. Do you have a a favorite release that you ever put out, or are they all your well, equally book, your babies? <laughs> well, you know, in the book, I say it's surfing MOD. Hmm. I really, probably my favorite favorite was Kill 'Em All. Just the whole vibe and the whole story of putting it together. Great story, it, by it the way. It was. Excuse me? Great story, by the way. I learned all about Metal Up Your Ass, which uh, was your idea. Designed the toilet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to tell you, my, my brother got in a lot Sorry. of trouble. My brother got in a lot of trouble for bringing home a T-shirt with a toilet and a hand going through it. So I just, <laughs> knife. I just want to let yeah. you know. Yeah. You can't imagine what I really wanted. What's well, that? What's that? I wanted the blade going through his butt and out through the front. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're saying that a knife sticking out of a toilet was a compromise on your part? <laughs> yeah. The, the table was just a weird thing. I was sitting with the photographer, and we took a glass table, and he, we made that design, and he spilled the red paint across it. And it just looked like one of those blotter pictures of a murder. Oh, yeah. It looked like that to me. It spelled ominous to me. Yeah. So I said, this is great. I got to tell you something. I didn't think the guys were going to like the Kill em All cover at all. Mm. Or really? the photo shoot we did because it was so revealing. Well, but they loved it. And uh, it's wonderful. That was nice. Did they have some idea in mind and you like swerved them to this or did was it just a blank slate? It was a blank slate. Mm -hmm. I I just thought I was who the hell am I, you know? <laughs> and I thought I knew all the answers and saw the vision clearly and I guess I was plugged in with them because everything we did was in harmony until the day we parted. Right. Yeah. Well, that's great. I was wondering, um, you know, since since you really knew them uh, at such like an early stage in their career, could you just tell us a little bit more of what they were like as people? Well, I think James was a rager. Laws was a very, very intelligent, focused rager. <laughs> Cliff Burton was bell-bottoms and pure joy and very lighthearted, wonderful. You know, uh, when I was doing time, I was inside at night. I couldn't be out. And they were living in my house at one point. And Cliff would read my daughter, Ricky, bedtime stories. So she'd go to sleep because she had trouble oh. sleeping with all the noise in the house. That's you know, that's Cliff. And Dave was just, Dave, you know, I can't describe Dave Mustaine. <laughs> you know, it was sort of like Douglas Fairbanks, Jr. 
don't know who that is. Do you know who Douglas Fairbanks yeah, Jr. Old, is? old actor. He, he played yeah. in all the pirate movies. You know, like Captain, he, he used to swing from the chandeliers, oh, doing yeah, yeah, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> never getting hurt. Never getting hurt. You know, David just walked through life. You know, I can't explain it. As I said, you know, I have to be honest with you. I really, really like Dave. It's just that I couldn't. There was no control, you know? There was no turn-off. That but, makes sense. Yeah, and I, yeah. I just want to read some of these bands, like, uh, just to give people an idea of, of the type of bands you brought to America. Uh, Venom, Raven, Manowar, Merciful Fate, Metallica, of course, Anthrax, Exciter, Gravedigger, S.O.D., Classic. That I still listen to Speaking Unless or Die. Uh, Overkill, of course. Testament. What an album, huh? Ace yep. Freely. Uh, King's X. Yeah, and there's such great stories. I really King's also... King's X. I mean, King's X. I mean, what an influence they had still to this day. The number one album in the in the country, Tool, uh, has like a, a King's X drum interlude that they ripped off. It's so, it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could believe that. Well, King's X are a great band to rip off. <laughs> right, know? yeah. If you're going to rip someone off, it should yeah. be a band it's as good as them. A lot of the grunge movement sound came from the tuning of that band and how they handled their guitar work. Doug Pinnock's guitar bass playing was pretty revolutionary at the time. If you listen to that and then you start listening to what happened with Soundgarden and everything after that, you're going to hear a lot of Doug Pinnock influence. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Well, John, the book me is... With something else. Uh, another, another album? <laughs> oh, um, I enjoyed your um, like how you connected with Man O' War. That was a great story. And if I remember it correctly, you... That- you yes. you pretty much kind of like bamboozled your way in uh, <laughs> saying that you're a reporter to get an interview and you kind of like started talking to them and you're like, oh, I'm just going to go for it and ask. That's what happened. <laughs> That's what happened. That... I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do and I couldn't get near him. I just couldn't get near him. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do a freelance article. Or at least I'm going to say I'm doing one. <laughs> I went to their public, found out who that was. And she put me together with Ross the Boss in Bill O'Coin's office next to the Kiss Pinball Machine. And uh, the rest is history, you know. I didn't know when I went in there, I was coming out with their second album on Megaport. Hmm. <laughs> nice. That was the furthest thing from my mind. That is such a great story of if you don't if you don't go for it then you won't get it. That that was a really fun story to read. Oh. The book is full of I think stories. You know, it's full of tales and as Marsha said in the epilogue, it's all true. You know, that stuff really happened. That timetable is real. Mm-hmm. The 5th anniversary of of Megapolis where I almost took over the whole Mayflower Hotel with people from all over the world to come and see all our bands play on one stage. 
And then the next day after that, we had Anthrax do a showcase. I forgot at what club, but it was uh, pretty prestigious. And it was just a crazy, crazy life, guys and gals. Well, the book is called Heavy Tales, The Metal, The Music, The Madness. It's out next month. John, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us. Thank you. Yeah. All right, listen, can I say one little thing about the book? Of course. Go ahead. If I may, I just want people to know it's only available online. Mm. You're not going to find it in your bookstore. I think it's important I say that. I just didn't want it getting misused and treated poorly by greedy retailers. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. And also there are no more bookstores anyway. (laughs) So you're good. So I just did it, you know, uh, my own way, as I always do by myself. <laughs> so anyway, listen, thanks for having me. Of course. It's always. an honor to be on your show. I watched some episodes. I didn't even talk to you about it. Mm. But great, man. And I wish you the very best. And please keep it up. Okay, guys? Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, wow. Thank you. That Thank means you. so much. It's an honor for us, too. Yeah. All right. Be well. a, you it too. It was a pleasure. Good night. Pleasure is all ours. Have a great one. What a what a wonderful person, John Zazula. A lot a of treasure. A lot of fun. Heavy it's tales, the metal, the music, the madness. We have a link on the episode page if you want to pre-order it. Mm-hmm. So it should be cool. That was great. Yeah, good guy. <sighs> okay. I actually wanted to ask him if he missed old New York, but I didn't. Oh, I f- oh my! I well, when he was talking opening. about the pizza, c- yeah. clearly he misses the old New York. Yeah. Rob, which of our videos do you think he's watched? Do you think he watched the Rebecca Moore? No, I think probably an interview that Frank did. I think he means metal <laughs> injection. Yeah. <laughs> did you think this whole time he thought he was talking to Frank? <laughs> Rob did not like that joke. <laughs> I am gonna get no, I think together. he thought we were one of us was Frank yeah. and that was Rob, like it was Rob and Frank doing this show. <laughs> Joke's on well, us. Well either way. <laughs> bless us all. We bamboozled him. We tricked the trickster. He would ne- he, he would never came on if he knew Frank wasn't yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, do we have uh, voicemails or anything we need to get Ooh. to? Oh yeah, we do have a hate mail. <laughs> uh, we got hate mail from Davis. Davis? Is first that the last name, name or first name? First name. Let me just drink a little water before I read this. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a diva. <sighs> Is that good? Susie Essman. <laughs> All right. Hello, Livecast. My name is Davis, and I'm from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I started listening when I was 19, and I am now 29. <laughs> oh, my Shut God. Up. I love Jesus. it. And I recently had my first child, oh. and there's been some very long nights, and the live cast has helped me through this. My daughter seems to also enjoy hearing all of your voices. <laughs> oh. She only starts to cry when she hears Rebecca Moore's voice. <laughs> Back that shit off. <laughs> That's good parenting, sir. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Sid, for name-dropping Edmonton in one of the episodes. Very cool all to right. hear. Thank you for all the laughs. You're all beautiful and wonderful people. Oh. Love, Davis. Thank you, Davis. Thank Very you nice. for listening. Do you think there was any point where he was holding his baby listening to the show and we talked about Ian Watkins fucking someone oh. very similar to his oh. baby? Chances are high. And do you think or he, baby Daniel. He looked at his baby, baby and Daniel. just had like a second of, hmm. 
and then oh. went back to normal. Oh. But like, it was such a nice email. Why did you have to <laughs> go that way? It's Sid. Look person. who you're talking yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Man, Sid's been like so angry today. Shouts to Edmonton. I I have to be honest with you. Uh, I assumed John was listening to the show, and I half thought we'd get on the air with him that he would be like, "Hey, Sid, what's your problem with Gene Simmons? He's a good friend of mine." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Is he a good friend? No, Do you know that? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. He Different seems seat. like a very, like Johnny seems like a very salt of the earth guy. Yeah. Who, who would not get along with Gene Simmons? I, I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but just going by what I know of both people, I think they'd hate each other. Cause Johnny's very like real. He's like, hey, yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah. hey, what's up? And Gene Simmons is all like fake and especially like just that video we played before, where he says, uh, you know, what's good is determined by how many people. So running a label like Megaforce, Gene Simmons probably looked down on him. Yes, agreed. It's like you can't do anything for me. What, what do I need you for? Yeah, good point. Absolutely fuck. right. Fuck the Gene Simmons. Fuck the Gene Simmons. <laughs> fucking helmet hair, grasshopper dick. <laughs> Motherfucker. Well, <laughs> on that note, I want to mention also you can send us hate mail anytime you want during the week. Email hate mail at metalinjection.net. Speak pipe. And uh, yeah, there's a speak pipe mail. widget on every episode page. You can use your computer microphone or your phone mic uh, and, and send us some good stuff that way. Want to mention the Patreon again? I do want to mention the Patreon, and I want to mention that our Patreon is live. You can be a part of the Patreon, and you can get at least one bonus episode every month. Right now, we have a hilarious commentary episode with Pantera. Uh, we're watching along to one of their live videos, and we link the video in the Patreon page. You can listen along for as little as $5. There's plenty of other perks there's bonus perks like Darren could leave a voicemail or, or Darren could record your voicemail greeting every month. If you really want to uh, blow some cash, you can sit in on the show. And one of the other perks is a live cast super fan where we give you a shout out at the end of every episode. And we're at that time where we give the shout out to, to our fans. We want to thank everybody, even if you donated, just, even if you donate just a dollar, everyone that signed up to the Patreon it means so much to us. We love all of our fans, regardless if you sign up for the Patreon. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we're doing this Patreon as a way to uh, to upgrade the show and do some cool things and give you a little extra content for it. So here are the live cast super fans. You need like a stinger or something for this. Like live cast super fans. Live cast. Yeah, that's good enough. We have uh, so wait, wait, we I asked. I have a stinger for this. Okay. Sorry. Musica. Live super fans. Live, live super fans. That live works. Super fans. I like okay. it. All right. Uh, so I want to point out that when you sign up to be a live cast super fan, we will ask you what name you want us to shout out. <laughs> and of course, it could be a name. It could be your Twitter handle. It uh, could be something you, embarrassing that you want to make Rob say when he reads yeah. it every week. To a point. Sure. To a point. Yes, I, I will fair. have. There will be veto powers. Uh I'm not falling for that one again. And uh, <laughs> so live cast. So the super fans this week and for, for this month, I should say, uh, no, we have Robert Jesus Delgado. Be Jesus. Begalios Jr. I'll say Jesus. No, Robert Jesus Delgado Begalios Jr. Mm -hmm. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Should have led with Eric. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think Eric's the guy. Is Eric the guy that lives in Brooklyn? Uh-huh. That like yeah. basically of all of our listeners, I think he gets like ninety nine percent. He's of our them. target demo. He is our complete target <laughs> demo with all of our completely inside Brooklyn references. Yeah. No offense thank to Jesus, though. God. Thank you, Eric, for all the support, and thank you, Robert Jesus. Thank you it. to Justin Edgerton or Edgerton. Edgerton. Probably Edgerton. Edgerton. Jeez. Like Joel. Edgerton. Edgerton. All right. Then we got Benjamin. Thank you, Benjamin. Thank you, Lionel Alday. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dallas. And fi- last but certainly not least, thank you to our ombudsman, El Duterino. Mm-hmm. Those are our live cast super thank fans. You. Donating $10 on the Patreon to get a little shout-ski. Thank you to you. Thank you to everyone. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week. And... Uh, do we have a, uh, a guest sitting in next week, or is that the so. following week? I think week? that might be. Uh, is it confirmed? It's the following week, but I don't know if it's It's confirmed. the following week, and it is confirmed. Oh. We'll tell you about it next week. Ooh, a teaser. Uh. So tune in. We hope you'll be on the air with us. We'll be on the air. We hope yeah. you listen to us. Yeah. And you could be on the air with us if you call us. Yeah. But for now, Darren, what do we got left? <laughs> we have a song. <laughs> oh, okay. Bye, 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 bye. Total fucking Duclaw. The road is long.
want to find out what a man is? From weeps, there is an you come at me with this. Hashtag, thank you, Stan Woody. Hashtag, we love you, Stan African-American God knows what Move the fuck out I was born Jewish Half the fucking city's Jewish If you live in this city And you are racist. Move the fuck out! It does not win the wars. It fucking starts them.